We got a lot of stuff going on. Dude, living adult lives, by adult lives, I mean not living with our parents, mm-hmm. and which has been the case for a while now, a long while, but we just have so much happening. It's da- been like, busy. Yeah, daily, <laughs> daily, monthly, like just mm-hmm. so much. So we got a lot to cover this time. So some quick follow-up, if I can remember from... Yeah just talking with Katie or probably most consistent listener. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, she really liked the idea of the focus of the podcast, um, really diving into who we are in this moment, mm-hmm. almost archivally mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. future generations. Yeah. Because at the time we were talking about, Christian's about to become a father, and so, mm-hmm. you know, this is a unique look at Christian for his soon-to-be daughter, Georgia. Yeah. Well, soon-to-be? At the time, it oh, was Oh, at the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, what should we cover first? What do you want to talk about first? Let's, you know what, actually... Well, I think that's a good segue. Cool, Okay. My daughter, she was born. <laughs> uh, she was born. Okay, get this. She was born on my birthday. Birthday buddies. Yeah. Um, I'm never gonna have a birthday ever again. No, your birthdays are done. It's so crazy. You're so done having birthdays. I know. I know. I, I nobody will celebrate your birthday again. Right. Her birth. <laughs> her, her her due date was April fifteenth, but and everybody was saying because my birthday is April 9th, and people were like. She's going to be born on your birthday. Watch, watch. And I was just like, LOL. We were honestly like um, super doubtful of that because uh, according to our midwife and blah, 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 uh, I'll get more, I'll go into midwife stuff Mm -hmm. um, in a bit. But according to her and according to other like, you know, birth stories, blah, 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 um, it is on average, uh, babies are born like a week and a, a week and a day past the due date. Um, for firstborns or something like that. Oh, interesting. So yeah, some like some like statistic that we were kind of like relying pretty heavily on, um, and so we were like, like April twenty second. I know we, we were go. not only thinking like yeah right she won't be born on my birthday, but we were thinking yeah right she won't even be born on her due date. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be in anticipation for a minute, um, but no. Lo and behold, the night before my birthday, Haley's like, I think I think my water might have just broken. And so we were like, uh, like it wasn't the classic like movie situation where it's just like, la 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 doing the dishes, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh my gosh, rush this woman to the hospital. But it's it was just like, like that scene in the office where Pam's like, oh no, my water broke and got up and it like just pouring down her leg and right, then the yeah. water bottle falls out. Well, yeah, no, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't, wasn't even like that. It wasn't even like gushy or anything. It was just literally like she went to the bathroom and it was like, oh, I think. That looked different. And so that then it was just kind of like, oh, okay, wow. And so we called the midwife. And uh, about the midwife, we decided to go with a home birth. Um, and that was very brave of Haley. I was super behind it, 100%. And, you know, we hear a lot of, uh, you, hear, you hear a lot of people talk about home births and be like, oh, that could be so dangerous. Or like, you're such a hippie or something like that. You know, like all the things. But uh, having a midwife that was highly recommended, um, just 
put us at ease. She put mm-hmm. us at ease a lot, and it's not as scary as um, the stories. I mean, she said like there was like a she had like a ten percent rate of uh, of moms actually being transferred to the hospital even mm-hmm. from their house, um, and that was usually usually due to exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know if I can do this anymore, it, and then, so they just go to the hospital and get some medication. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Haley did it. The baby was like the whole pregnancy was super healthy. Um, everything was looking good. Uh, so okay, fast forward. Now we're we're at Water Broken. Called my mom. Uh, she called her family. We had the midwife on the phone too. Uh, this was the night before the dude. The this is the night before she was born. And so we just went to bed. We just went to sleep, and I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, to Haley at like one o'clock or something, um, like, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's so real. It like when you hear your wife m- like moaning like that, mm-hmm. it's like pretty. It's pretty. You know, she's in a lot of pain, and it, it was, it was, uh, pretty crazy to be alongside her for the whole thing. And um, so basically, starting at like one one a.m., uh, we. We're basically up the whole time, and it was, you know, contractions were far apart, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up moving to the to the bathtub in the morning, and I was just, like, pouring water down her back. Mm-hmm. Just uh, trying to soothe the Yeah, and, you know, naturally. And so uh, her mom and sisters came. The midwife came in the morning. She was like, I'm surprised that you didn't call me in the middle of the night. Like, she was expecting, like, a little bit more urgency, but everything. Haley was a champ. She did so well. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and it was, the, the labor lasted from, so like, if you count when the water broke, that was like seven o'clock, uh, seven o'clock PM, mm-hmm. uh, to the actual birth, it was four forty four um, PM, the April 9th, my birthday. Um, and so it was about like, what is that? Like 20, 22 hours, 21 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the labor didn't like get heavy until like one I don't know how long exactly, but it was a while. Um, and uh, labor happened. She pushed. It was great. Baby came out. But Haley, uh, it was a little bit a little bit scary because Haley lost kind of a lot of blood. Her plac- The placenta, um, which is the, thing, the organ that the mom develops um, mm-hmm. alongside the baby in the womb um, that f- feeds the baby. It's basically like the translator for mom nutrients to baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is pushed out usually like at most like 30 minutes after the baby comes out. And the baby's usually, um, the baby like is usually connected to the umbilical cord, uh, which is connected to that for, you know, like two minutes or something like that. We want to keep like, keep it connected just for the last little boost of nutrients. So then I cut that the placenta was in there for a while. You you cut the umbilical cord. I cut cord. the umbilical cord. Yep, I did. Can you describe that for yeah, our totally. squeamish listeners? Cutting the umbilical cord. Um, first of all, I did touch it. I helped I helped when the baby was coming out. I helped move the baby to my, her to Haley's chest. Um, and for, you know, the skin to skin thing, which is important. Um, and cutting the umbilical cord. Uh, it's so I'm trying to think like what the umbilical cord consistency like is like if I had to describe it. Um, Did you guys like zip tie it off? Like, zip, zip. Well, the yeah, the midwife like clamped down oh, in clamp. two spots mm-hmm. and then I cut in the middle and it was like I had to kind of like eh, 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 like kind of like saw through it with the scissors. 
Um, what what kind of scissors were they? They were like special, like special medical scissors that were okay. really small. Like the handles were far apart. The the two finger handles were far apart, but the the end point was like they pivoted on like a really small little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, snipped it. So it wasn't like it. Uh, those orange safety scissors. No, yeah, totally. Yeah, it wasn't like. <laughs> wasn't like Sharpie brand scissors or whatever, whoever makes those scissors. Yeah. Those classic orange scissors <laughs> that we all know that are in our drunk junk drawers. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, totally. And you go to cut the piece of paper and that just folds it like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, yeah. oh man, we need new scissors. But, uh, um, cut that. The placenta actually stayed in the womb, stayed in inside of Haley for, uh, too long, actually like an hour and 15 minutes. So that was bad. Um, the midwife was like, I usually try to push it to like, I like, we can usually go like 45 minutes, but yeah. Or she was like, I, I, I'll draw the line at like 45 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. and so when it didn't come out, then, uh, we called nine one one and the ambulance was coming and Haley pushed out the placenta right there. Uh, in the meantime, like as you were on the phone with them, well, like after, after they were called, um, and on their way. Haley pushed it out. And then I called 911 again to be like, we don't need that ambulance that we called for just a second ago. False alarm. Yeah, but but they were like, oh, looks like they're already on the way. So they came in. It was so crazy. Because, like, you're thinking, like, home birth, serene, beautiful, chill. Um, and then, like, five dudes, five, like, paramedics just, like, fly in. Um, stretcher, not yet. But they, were, they all came in and just assessed. Haley had lost kind of a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Her heart rate was um, low, mm-hmm. um, and so they were like, "I'd take her in." And I was like, being like, "No, I, I don't want to. I don't want her to go. It's just so expensive." I was just thinking about money, but like in hindsight, it was like so good that mm-hmm. she went to the hospital. Um, they did take her in a stretcher and stuff, um, and it was crazy because then it was just me and the baby, and and like my family who had arrived and and came in and stuff. So Haley got taken out. In the hospital she was taken to. The hospital is, oh yeah, the hospital she was taken to was Good Samaritan Hospital, the hospital that I was born in 25 years earlier. To so the crazy. Day. To the day. And oh my gosh, so funny because like I had never even, like, Good Samaritan Hospital was never on my radar all those years. All those years, not even close. Like whenever I heard anybody talk about it, which was probably like three times in my life, I would be like, oh, that's the place I was born. But, like, you know, like, so crazy. What a crazy coincidence um, that then Haley was taken there. The baby was totally fine. Um, I put the baby on my chest while Haley was taken. It was still kind of stressful, but baby was on my chest. And then I got the baby dressed to, like, take her to the hospital with me. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up just having to just go to the hospital. And then the baby, oh, the baby's name is Georgia. Georgia Louise. Georgia Louise Hall. Um, she's so precious. Um, but... Uh, anyway, somebody else ended up taking the baby to the hospital with, you know, so that she could like, you know, eat and stuff like that. Um, it was a pretty, pretty chill time at the hospital. They were just waiting for Haley's, uh, they just filled her with fluids, you know, checked, checked blood levels. Everything was like pretty okay. She just needed to chill for a while. And then we finally got home. The midwife was with us the whole way. She was, she got there at our house at like nine o'clock AM and then stayed with us in the hospital until we finally got home uh, at probably like twelve thirty or one a.m. the next day. Wow! Um, or you know, you know what I mean. Not we didn't stay overnight, but like twelve thirty or one, like um, the like the mid like midnight of like the birthday. Um, so um, midwife basically like tucked us in <laughs> and then left. 
Shout out to Pam White, the midwife. She is stellar. If you're thinking about doing a home birth or anything like that, I would totally recommend her. Um, she's amazing. She's been in the game for like 30 years. And so was, this was not her first birth. Not her first birth, not her first rodeo. Yeah. I wonder what a midwife's first birth is like. Like, right? Do you advertise that? Oh, by the way, this is my, yeah, this uh, is my first, first time. birth. It'd be like your pilot, like, oh, getting yeah. into the oh, cockpit. Oh, yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, like, they have an apprentice system going on. Kind of oh, like okay. pilots do, probably, I'm sure. Of course, pilots do. Yeah, I'm sure they're a co pilot. Yeah. But that, that'd just be freaky. Like, welcome aboard our uh, pilot today. <laughs> this is his first ever flight on a commercial airline. Like, scattered collapse, fear just fills the entire cabin. <laughs> um, but yeah, she actually had an apprentice with her who we hadn't met before until that, that time, and you know, until birth. So, um, anyway, baby was born. It was amazing. Uh, we finally, finally got home. We're just so exhausted after so much time. Mm-hmm. I was so exhausted emotionally and, and, you know, physically, of course, because of lack of sleep. I can only imagine Haley's exhaustion levels. So, baby, now she's uh, almost two months old. Let's see. Wait, what is is today June 8th? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, tomorrow should be two months old. Dang. She is uh, making little sounds. She smiles. She recognize me, recognizes us, of course. Smiles. Um, does these cute little sounds like, ah! that sound. <laughs> um, ah, ah, ah. Like coos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all is well. All is well. Does she awesome. smile Yeah. She smiles. That's awesome. She smiles. She opens her mouth, has big, like, facial expressions mm-hmm. um and it's amazing being a parent though is so so exhausting so exhausting i'm so thankful that Haley let me come out <laughs> tonight mm-hmm. to record this to like be here with you um to come over and hang out um, shout out to Haley. thank you so much Haley, babe um yeah so that's the birth i guess next item <laughs> <laughs> or i mean yeah yeah no um what what is have you have you talked with Katie, um, your fiance? I mean, should we do we have to recap and stuff? <laughs> about that? Probably not. I don't know. But um, have you guys talked about babies? Uh, yeah, yeah, a bit. What's that been like? What's the conversation like? I think we're planning on it. Uh, hopefully, a couple of years down the road. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, I laugh. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think we just would like to, uh, mm-hmm. totally like, understand. Like to have some, some time pre-baby, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely the instigator of like, let's start popping them out. <laughs> yeah. So was I. I know. Like, it's funny how life works. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, like the conversation. You like, you're just. You're literally just on the tail of the conversation, and then something could happen. You know what I mean? And so you're like, you don't even have time to talk about it anymore, or something. That wasn't the case with us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, cool. So two years, a couple of years, whatever. Do you feel like you were um, maybe better prepared than most just because your two youngest sisters uh, are so much younger than you? Like mm-hmm. you were kind of mm-hmm. older when they were born. Yeah. Like, I, was like I kind of remember Ashley, my my sister that's three years younger than me, being born. And I, I remember the night of Katie, my sister that's eight years younger, being born. 
but in reality, I don't really remember much. Right. And like even taking care of her, like your parents were still taking care of you. You were just right being taken care of. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. My little sisters helped a lot. It's, I, I have been like realizing how much different, uh, your own child is than like siblings. Even if you, even if you were like right there, like watching them while your parents were gone and stuff mm-hmm. as a baby. But, um, but yeah, I do feel prepared. I'm not like, there's nothing that's super like strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also having like, when you become a parent, you just like a lot of stuff just like clicks pretty quickly. Hmm. It, um, I don't know. Take like you, you can, you get a, you, you're with this baby all the time. So you get a pretty good like feel for like what the baby can take. I took three weeks off, mm-hmm. um, from work. I think the like, the like, um, I, I, I don't know if there's like a legal thing, like. I've heard like two weeks is kind of like the standard or like the legal or, or, or something for like paternity leave. But I took an extra week. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of expecting two weeks, but then when I asked for a third week, they're like, "Okay, you just got to use your PTO first. But um, so that those first three weeks, just like you get, you just get a real good strong handle of of what this baby can handle, like how to hold her, um, and I feel like I feel like I would probably have I would probably have a have pretty like comparable experience had I not had, you know, the little practice that I did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- those, defi- those little ones definitely did help, though. So um, you said two years is, like, you know, like that's, you know, like an estimate or whatever, but, what like, have you talked about amount? Like, how many kids you want? Uh, probably uh, two, and, unless she changes her mind, but I'm fine with two. Cool, yeah. So. Nice. I know. Yeah. She she's the one that has to go through all of it. So mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so if if she's happy with two, I'm happy with two. Nice, so, dude. You're getting you... married in like two seconds. Yeah, next month. In a month, July thirteenth. That's so exciting. I'm so excited to be your best man. Yeah. What? Uh, I still need to get the. I still need to get the the tux. <laughs> yes, um, we can do that tonight. Yeah, of course. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, uh what's so the last time we talked we were talking about the proposal and a little bit of the planning how we recorded last in like january or something right wasn't it yeah so, i think um, it was in january so like what's happened since then planning wise it's been a probably a whirlwind yeah um well most recently i picked out my wedding band oh nice so that's uh, right yeah would you say like what is it like again so it's a really simple gold band nice um and it's kind of got like a sandblasted matte finish oh right to yep. it um did you yeah. get the comfort fit is it like rounded no it's it's super thin oh super, um, oh, super thin okay yeah cool. so so i wanted kind of the thinnest i just felt like Mm-hmm. Every time I was trying one on, uh, it kind of interfered a little bit. Yeah, I didn't like the the feeling of stuff in between my fingers. Mm-hmm. I know it's so weird. You just get used to it. I know. Yeah, that's what you kept saying. I'm like, I don't know. I, I just what's the thinner one option? <laughs> I know you see all these dudes like it's so popular right now to get the, like the like titanium or, or the I don't big know what honking. Yeah, 
I know. Yeah, I don't know how those how they adjust to those. What, what's yours? White gold. Mine's white gold. It's it's a thinner band and it, it does have a comfort the comfort thing. Mm-hmm, like the rounded, rounded inner inside. Side. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, you know what would be kind of cool to get like an engraving on the inside of the ring. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might wear down, but like kind of like Lord of the Rings, you know. Well, okay. <laughs> so I was gonna say that like my gold band kind of looks like the Lord of the Rings ring. The one ring like, to it, rule them all. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a glossy finish. You know, it's a matte mm-hmm. finish. Um, Ooh, that's got to feel kind of cool though. Like, yeah, it's it kind of cool. I think it looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but I was looking at it. I was like, the one ring to bind. Yes. Them. <laughs> yep, to bind them. Or uh, I well, forget how that, be, that's how that little case. poem goes. Right. But, yeah, but it'll bind you. Yeah, that's true. So. So that's Got the most the recent development. Um, planning's been going good. It's it's. Um, You're getting married at the Children's Museum, the Chil- Phoenix Children's, Children's Museum. Museum. Yeah. That's so cool and interesting. Yeah. They have. They didn't you say that like they that's a new venue kind of thing for them, right? Like, have they had a wedding there before? I think they've had a couple before, um, but they just opened up a venue space. So oh, cool. I think they're just now kind of getting into the game. It's uh, so weddings. interesting yeah. that the Children's Museum is doing a venue space. Yeah. It's really smart. I mean. No, totally. Yeah. yeah. So we got venue, ring, party. Party has been kind of a, kind of a, like, little bit of a challenge from mm-hmm. what I heard. A little bit. Because she adds one and you got to, you know, for symmetry and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've got that. Um, you got that nailed down? I think we've got it nailed down. It's eight. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if we talked about that. I think we did, but it's still, I, it's, I'm yeah. still like, nice. That's a big old party. It's just party, exactly what it is. Have you worked out who's walking with who? Um, yeah, I think I think Katie has those details. Nice. What, what about the um, attendance? What's the invite amount? Um, I think we're looking at just a little over 150 right now. Nice. So, wow. Uh, a lot of family on both sides, a lot of work colleagues. Mm-hmm. So cool. And then friends. Nice. Who's coming? Who's coming the farthest? I don't know. My grandma's coming from Oregon. Jalen's mm-hmm. coming from Kansas City. Okay. So one of those two is, is probably the farthest. I don't know which. Who Who of your relatives lives the farthest and can't come? Are there any any situations like that? We had a person. We had a uh, Haley's like uncle and aunt um, live in Germany, so they couldn't make it. But dang, do you have any like that? Like far stretches? Not really. Um, I mean, there, there's people in my mom's family in like t- Texas and Arkansas that mm. probably won't come. Mm. But I think it's mostly you know western half of the the U.S. Nice, cool. But planning has been pretty kind of easy. Uh, we, we're just very simple in a lot of our decisions, I think, you know, like right off the bat, we're, we're like for cake, how about Costco cake, you know? Oh, so easy for catering. How about Cafe Rio? Like just nailing all of those big decisions. So now it's just kind of a multitude of small things, you know, small loose ends that we're kind of fretting over and. Mm-hmm. trying to make sure all the pieces come together. Katie's probably taking the bulk of, of planning, right? I mean, like, that's kind of... It just kind of works out that way. It kind of, But is she freaking out? I wouldn't say she's freaking out, but uh, she's definitely 
bearing the brunt mm-hmm. of the it's planning like pressure and stuff yeah mm-hmm. figuring everything out it's gonna go it's gonna go to the to the day mm-hmm. hopefully not i mean hopefully she's smooth going smooth but you know the bride <laughs> it's like the 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 bride has that like big yoke to bear mm-hmm. but she has her dress and everything right yeah she's got the dress nice. um some of the big things we still need to do is i need to get all of the groomsmen's ties oh, i haven't cool. nailed that down yet Cool. Um, but we got like our, our dad's ties and, uh, we got a service that we're hiring to do the bartending and, and like serving of the food items and like helping with the nice. cleanup and stuff. How much does the museum pro- provide? Uh, not much. Not much. Not much. It's... Just like a coordinator? Like, do they even have a coordinator? No, no, no. no. Wow. So, do you have a coordinator? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, Jacqueline, one of Katie's, uh, roommates, Oh, nice. It's going to be the day of contact, be the person kind of with the details for the rehearsal and Mm -hmm. all of that type of stuff. Cool. Got to love that. The director. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Need that. Um, What about, uh, oh, wait, music. Who is, you have a DJ or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. We met with the DJ. I can't remember his DJ name. It's like DJ Kalo or something like that. Nice. Um, so he's legit. He's got the name and everything. Yeah, no, this dude uh, is like a vet. <laughs> nice. Oh, so good. Like he's probably been doing this since he was putting the music on like CDs. And, oh, cool. You know, so he's he's seen everything under the sun. I I think he really helped set our mind at ease for the you know order and flow of things. Mm, awesome. So, and and. And he's willing to help facilitate, like, the movement of people out and the movement of people oh, back awesome. in. And... It's so interesting, the the wedding business. Like, there's even, like, it seems like a DJ, all, all you have to do is just make a little playlist and push play. But, like, DJs have, like, an art to it. Like, mm-hmm. they're really good at moving people around and setting the vibe just the way it needs to be and stuff like that. Like... Yeah, I love that. That's that's like priceless. Yeah, he's he's gonna read off uh, trivia questions. Oh, nice. During the the, during the pictures. Yeah, no, during the eating. Oh, during the eating. Oh, cool. Yeah, to dismiss tables, but also provide some entertainment. Oh, I love that. Love that. I know. I was. We were thinking about for our wedding, like, should we have like a little game or something, like some kind of thing, like how much do you know about the bride or groom or whatever? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. We just we just didn't end up doing that, but. Yeah. But yeah. That's such a cool element. Trivia. Is the trivia like random trivia or is it like special like bridegroom trivia? Like uh I think it's gonna be primarily random trivia. Oh cool. Nice. We we, we take our trivia seriously. Oh yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> it's a it's a trivial pursuit, if you will. <laughs> uh dude, heck yeah. Are you like over the moon? Like Yeah, just, man. It's I'm coming so soon. I'm antsy. What are your emotions like happening right now? antsy uh just ready for it to be here celebrate it and be married (laughs) yeah time time together leading up to it Mm -hmm. i okay my experience time together leading up to it was like like not tense between us but like it felt a little bit like tense because i was just anxious yeah totally like Mm -hmm. i was just like annoyed with a lot of things just like other people being around i'm like this is us 
we need to be us. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want anybody else around. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like kind of feeling entitled to your time together. Do you feel that? Um, maybe a little. Uh, I think that's probably something that we will feel more as we get closer and as people are coming into town and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make sure everybody's... Right, and not even seeing each other. Maybe if, yeah. you know, like, if you're having to deal with, like, guests or whatever. I feel like those weeks leading up just dragged. Dragged. You could not be married soon enough. Yeah, I bet that's going to be pretty accurate. Yep. Dang. We have the bachelor party. It's going to be mm-hmm. so fun. It's going to be at a restaurant first. Mm-hmm. A local restaurant. And then back to your family's house, which I'm sure we've talked about in the podcast at some point, how cool your family's house is. I don't know if we have. Oh, my gosh. Let's do it. Okay. I'm so excited for the bachelor party. Oh, no. Maybe we did. Maybe we posted some pictures. I can't remember. You just have a crazy backyard. Yeah. Your dad, like, had a dream and... For years, <sighs> like my entire life, he's had really? a dream. Yeah. Since since before even this house, w- was that like a selling point for the house? Oh, yeah. The backyard size? Yeah, like the first time we saw it, it's like, and this will be where the lazy river will be. <laughs> a lazy river. A lazy river. I am like, I'm still like dead at how crazy that is. That is unbelievable. And it went up pretty quickly. Like, it only took, like, probably six months or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, for the whole situation, the of entire... Of, like, clearing everything out of, of the backyard, digging it, plumbing yeah. it, filling it. Yeah. And the island in the middle of that lazy river, there's, like, a little bridge going to it. There's a mm-hmm. fire... There's, like... You have, like, three fire pits or something. Like two fire pits? Uh, Two fire pits and then two water and fire bowls. Oh, my god. And gosh. then fire on the top of the waterfall. Dude, that's so great. And a jacuzzi in the middle also. Oh, and then two uh, tiki torches also. Are those automated or whatever? Uh, they're not automated, but they are uh, hooked up to the natural gas lines. So you turn them on, you can light them. That's so nuts. I'm so excited for that night. Yeah, that's going to be a blast. Dude, how is your brewing going? Man, I haven't brewed in a while really when was the last time uh i brewed i think last summer dang before i moved into the house no way yeah uh, what's like because for Cause my I, wedding you brewed special beers yeah for I, that. I brewed special beers for your bachelor party mm-hmm. uh with a bunch of funny inside jokes i think we talked oh, about dude, that i loved that yeah a bunch of quotes that we've like been quoting for forever inside jokes about just like whatever everything, oh my gosh! There were probably like six six beers. Well, it was like one beer, like one beer. Yeah, each six pack had like its own set of inside jokes. <sighs> Loved that so much. That meant a lot. That meant so much. I should. Yeah. Did you do you have those bottles? Did we take pictures? Uh, I think I've got the the files. Oh, saved. cool! Of the labels. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, that was fun. And then I brewed one for the summer, uh, heading into the last summer. I think I've still got one in the fridge, like in the back really? of the fridge. How does beer age? Um, Not so well, right? I, so if it's a higher ABV, uh, if it's a higher alcohol content It's beer, like maintained better? Yeah, it, it, will, it will lose the booziness over time. So if you have, you know, a barley wine that's pushing 15% alcohol. Mm, the alcohol like eats away at, at, at like maintains... 
the integrity of the flavor or something, doesn't well, it? Well, like the the if you drink a, a a fresh barley wine, like typically barley wines are aged before they're sold, uh, and that aging process helps to take away the al- alcohol flavor. Oh, right, like the that sharpness. burny sharpness. Uh, so, like, you would experience that uh, with a fresh barley wine. But when you age just a regular beer that isn't as boozy, you you do kind of, like, a beer probably isn't going to go bad that's sitting in a fridge that's not exposed to light. Like, bad in a way that's going to hurt you. You know, but it mm-hmm. will be past its peak flavor. The flavors oh, okay. will be off. They won't be the yeah. desired flavor. So, mm-hmm. like, if you read on a beer, they usually the, have like a the expiration or date or sell by date. It's not going to be bad afterwards because it's antimicrobial enough that unless it was infected with a bacteria mm-hmm. during the brewing process, which is the most potentially dangerous right part of, of exposing so the many beer to something organisms. yeah that's why the most important rule in brewing is sterilization you're just constantly sterilizing mm-hmm. everything because you don't want any beer to be exposed to you know microorganisms mm-hmm. that aren't your yeast it was so fun being a part of that process for you with yeah you when when you brewed um, a long time ago. But yeah, I got to like be part of some of that mixing and temperatures being right and everything like that. Mm-hmm. How long, like, could, do you think you could like just brew something like soon? Yeah. What, what, what's in the way? Um, dedicating a large chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Time. Of course. You know, uh, I probably should, uh, just cause I like it so much. Yeah, I know. You're but, so good at it. Uh, the beer was amazing. You. Uh, I have I have all of the ingredients. Katie bought me a bunch of ingredients for my birthday in December. I just haven't brewed it yet. Nice, okay. So they're they're, they're sitting on my shelf waiting to be used. There's there's like it's a lot of work like on the front end, but like there's a lot of waiting though involved too, right? Yeah. So typically, after you brew, it will be somewhere around six weeks before you can bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe four weeks before you can bottle. It depends on how long the fermentation takes Mm. and when that fermentation stops. And it's different with different yeasts and different Mm. styles of beer. Some beers ferment completely in like a week, two weeks. Mm. So it just depends on the style of beer. Oh, wow. Uh, And so once that's done, then you bottle it and then you want to let it sit for another couple of weeks in the mm. bottle because if you're not kegging it and carbonating it or using a fancy like carbonation machine that then goes directly into the bottle, you're typically adding some more sugar to the bottle that mm. will then, mm. the yeast will then start to eat again and that will carbonate the bottle. Oh, okay. So you add, you add sugar to each individual bottle? Mm. Well, you, you basically... Make a, a make a solution and pour that solution back in with the beer. Oh, so and there's like it's pre still pre bottle, pre final bottle. Well, that that would be when you're going into the final bottle. Mm. Oh, okay. So you'd add that in 
and then, oh, okay. so and then add it. Into then they the can bottle. just kind of chill with that solution having been added. Oh wow! Yeah. So, okay. dude, I want I want to taste your beer. Yeah. <laughs> Do I taste that that one? Oh, dude, yeah. That one in the in the fridge right now. I mean, if you're trying to christen that bad boy, I'm like, so down. Like a year old. Yeah. All right, let's go grab it. Okay, pause. All right, so we've got the beers. Still recording? Still recording. Okay. Uh, so this is a raspberry wheat beer. And I made it trying to make something that my parents would enjoy for the <laughs> summer. And I'll be honest, this wasn't my favorite beer that I've brewed. Okay. Uh, I think my favorite two have been the IPA that I brewed and the one I brewed for your bachelor party. Cool. Yeah, it was delicious. Uh, the one I brewed for your bachelor party was a little like uh, better balanced. I feel like I feel like this one's a little sweet, and it's easy to overdo with artificial flavoring. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think I'm trying to remember. I don't think I overdid the artificial flavoring. We'll see. I guess. Yeah, I'm so um, excited to taste this. Have you tasted? Like you finished the other stuff, right? This is the last bottle of the whole thing. They're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so... What's the ABV? Alcohol, volume, uh, I'd have to pull up my work laptop. I've got a, a spreadsheet on there. I figured it out at one point in time. I think it's probably like 5.2. Nice, okay. Uh, so it's not a very heavy beer. Cool. Uh, it's kind of darker in color. Yep. It's almost more of a Dunkelweizen. I don't know. Oh, if... wow. You're busting out the German. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a dark wheat beer. They usually use more roasted... Uh, grains into Dunkelweizen as opposed to Hefeweizen. Okay. Uh, but t- it usually tastes pretty similar. So, yeah. I still here. see some carbonation. Yeah, still carbonation. It's a little undercarbed. Uh, what I found is most of the brew recipes uh, or the carbonation converters to try to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, calculate how much carbon you know, sugar to add to properly carbonate it are, I think, a little bit more traditional. Mm. And I think the world of craft beers tends to air more carbonated than less carbonated. Oh, okay. I see. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's something when I do brew next that I will have to kind of adjust for to try to make it more carbonated. Okay. So, but I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little alchemy. bit afraid. Yeah, alchemy. I'm a little bit uh, paranoid about having a bottle bomb or bottle grenade. Which is what? Which is when you overcarbonate and best oh. best case scenario, it Ooh. blows the cap off and Ooh. gets beer everywhere. Worst case scenario, it blows out the glass. Oh yeah, because that's beer all everywhere. The carbonation process just literally happens within a bottle. Your hands off. Yeah, if you if you add too much sugar uh, into the bottle, then there's just too much food for the yeast to eat, and they just keep eating and keep eating and, and keep, keep producing eating. carbon and keep dioxide. producing carbon dioxide. Dang. And so that's what you don't want. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So that's why this is a little bit more conservative on the carbonation. Yeah, side. and 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 it's and it's uh, also lost its head a little bit and that's cuz I used a glass that goes through the dishwasher instead of using one of the other glasses. Oh my gosh, science. So, Let's cheers. Yeah, the dishwasher leaves a little bit of that soap scum and that will kill the head. Mm. All right, cheers. 
It's delicious. Yeah, that's still really good. Tastes that's so good. A, that tastes really good. I think it tastes better than I remember it tasting. It's almost mm. got an apple juice flavor. Yeah, it is sweet. Almost in like a like a cidery juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ju- definitely getting vibes of like juicy juice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is maybe a sign that I did over artificially flavor it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So a hundred percent juice for not for a hundred percent adults. How about that? <laughs> mm. Cool. So there Thanks you go. We just tried a year old beer. Year old beer. A first for Dude, the okay. talking duo. I know. Podcast. That's honestly production value. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but production value. <laughs> I love that. I have not stopped using that. Like, quote, that's so funny, from from Super 8, yes. when, like, the train comes, and they're just like, perfect production value! <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about um, Trader Joe's beer, just for a second, a little Trader Joe's beer segment, mm-hmm. um, because there's a Trader Joe's, like, near our house, and, um, dude, their beer is so cheap. It's crazy. Um, is it Trader Joe's brand? It's, it's like a, it's Wayfarer. Which is like, um, I think, uh, somewhat of an exclusive situation with Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. But dude, so they have ones that are three forty nine a six pack. Dang. Yeah. Fifty and cents a beer. Yeah. The, That's outrageous. The, yeah. The ABV is for those ones is like, uh, like I want to say like six percent yeah. or something like that. What what style is it? Um, that's like pale ale. That's okay, your yeah, that'd run be, of the mill. That'd be pretty pretty standard. No, wait, no, not pan, not pale, pale ale. Uh, what is the what's like Bud Bud Light and stuff like that? Uh, well, it, that's a lager. Yeah, it's a lager. It's it's a pilsner. Pilsner. But I think they might be like, like pilsner vibes. Crappy pilsner. It's not a good pilsner. Right, but I think it's like it's honestly like it has it similar. It com- compares like in flavor, but not in alcohol content, mm. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but they also have like five forty nine beers. For a six pack, and those ones are, um, like seven percent, eight percent. Dang. There's like an IPA, a double IPA, some like amber kind of vibe, one. So that's just crazy. I'm just saying, like Trader Joe's, will hook it up. Um, Another good pro tip: Do you have a Costco membership? Yes, I do. Also, very cheap beer. Oh, so good, yeah. It blew my mind in March. I was I was walking through the Costco, and for St. Patrick's Day they had Guinness. Oh, nice! And typically, if you buy Guinness in the cans with the nitro ball, it's mm-hmm. like an it's eight so pack expensive. for like fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, basically almost two dollars a beer. Mm-hmm. And they had a twenty four pack for like twenty two ninety nine. Yeah crazy i can't believe how they do that yeah i i bought like three of them oh my and just gosh. put them in my my uh pantry nice oh perfect are they still in there no oh no way of course not <laughs> it's been like three months I there's know. no way guinness yeah. is lasting of that of course long. of course yeah yeah wake up on a saturday morning turn on the soccer game open a guinness oh of course nothing better oh yeah uh, i love the vibes that beer creates such good memories of beer similar to coffee you know mm-hmm so I recently um, peed into a diaper, in not into it, in it, <laughs> wearing it. 
Um, you wait. You wore a diaper and then peed in it. Yeah. So like, I was. Uh, um, I just I just like peed a second ago, and I was thinking like breaking the seal. You know, like the classic like beer thing. Um, but <laughs> but like uh, that just reminded me of the time that I like wore. So Haley, you know, after giving birth, you you know like the mother is like you know ha- bleeding still a little bit and stuff like that. So Haley had to you know like wear a diaper every little every once in a while or whatever. Um, but I um, hope she doesn't mind you sharing this. Oh on yeah. The, uh, well, we just that's just to say that we had diapers around <laughs> that have not been used in a while. <laughs> uh, I I do like the direction this is going because my initial thought was, yeah, I wanted to see how absorbent Georgia's diapers were, and so I oh, picked yeah. it up and held it in front of me I and know. peed into it. Well, <laughs> that like, was the inspiration, honestly. Because like I Christian, like she, they they make sinks. You could just, <laughs> <laughs> you could just turn on the sink. Oh, yeah, for for science. Not that I would pee into the sink, but <laughs> to fill up the. Have diaper. you ever peed into the sink? <laughs> of course I have. I know who has. I'm it? a boy. Yes, I oh. peed in sinks. I peed off of things. I peed. Oh my gosh! Yes, in, I haven't peed in this backyard. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! You need to christen it. Maybe in the next episode. <laughs> I think I've peed in, in every other backyard. That of course. My mom's going to listen to this and be like, you peed in the backyard? <laughs> oh, my gosh. There is a time. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, I'll j- just really quick. My sister had a friend over, and she pooped in the backyard. Okay. That, that's enough. I, <laughs> I, I said it. Um, <laughs> it was so crazy. Um, we were wondering why there was, like, a little barricade set up in the very back after, you know, while they were swimming. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> um, was it just poop just like I, sitting? I or? don't know the deets, but <laughs> I know that she must've just had to go and didn't want to come inside. Crazy. That friend forever was like, uh, <laughs> to us, <laughs> but, um, wait, the friend, pooped? no, we did yeah, the friend, Katie's friend pooped in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> it was so crazy. Yeah. My sister had a friend over it, yeah. But I thought okay. it was your sister, and oh. I'm like, You're like weird girl. choice, but okay. But when yeah. it's your f- I know, friend bold. that poops, yeah, no, yeah. that's a bold, that's like, <laughs> I, like o- I own this place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the confidence. Yeah. Um, okay, back to the diaper. So I saw that Georgia had produced a pretty heavy diaper. So I was like, oh my gosh, how much can she pee in this? And like, how much can it? And it like know? wasn't leaking at all. No. So, like, I decided to do the same thing. I, of course, put the diaper mat underneath me. I'm not a monster. So... The diaper just, mat? There's, like, a the, the changing mat. Yeah, the changing mat that mm-hmm. we use for her. It's, like, a, you know, like, it's not absorbent or whatever, you know. It's just, like, what we change her on. Mm. If stubs gets on it, we get just, we just wipe it off. Like, um, you put it on the floor? But I put it on the floor, and I stood over it after wearing the, putting this diaper on, and then just wanted to see, and was, of course, I, I I had a lot of pee in me, so I like <laughs> just let it let oh, it rip. Oh, you, did, you didn't just like trick a little bit, like no, yeah, you to just unloaded like, a full. I, I wasn't like shooting to just fill the diaper, just see how much. I just was going, I just went, and then I just peed so much it just leaked out, and I stopped myself. Of course, it leaked out. Yeah. Oh yeah, it leaked out. <laughs> oh no. So it was an overnight diaper. Oh no. I know. So that was so crazy. I can't believe I did that. I've done crazier, but was Haley home? Most recent one. Yep. Did she know what you were doing before oh, yeah. you did it? Oh yeah, I did. Haley and her friend Brianna, our friend Brianna, were over. Um, was over, and uh, 
Yeah. It was crazy. But I just well, I had to share. Totally had to share because it was crazy. Such a funny situation. I'm, I'm not ready to move off of this yet. Yeah. I feel like... Oh, man. Did, did you have difficulty peeing... Just were you right, just, just standing like into a thing? Well, were you just like standing like in the yep. middle of the room? Yeah, did, I know. Did you have any trouble getting started? Nope. I feel <laughs> I just, like I would have a mental block of. I like, know there was like know, oh like but this like, isn't nobody can see anything. It's basically like peeing your pants. Wait, nobody could see. Were they in the room too? They were in the room <laughs> watching. Oh, no. I was wearing gym shorts over them. <laughs> Over it. Okay, you're wearing gym shorts. Yeah. Good. I mean, of course, I just like f- like flashed my flashed the the adult diaper for a second, but yeah, I just peed with gym shorts in on, and yeah, it was it was for science, so <laughs> you know, it, I'd say it was permissible. Uh, di- okay, uh, follow up question. So you would say that your bladder was, it was at like probably at like ninety percent, ninety percent. So it wasn't like a like a hundred and five percent situation <laughs> where you're like, oh my gosh, if I don't pee soon, like you're stuck. Right, I know. I was like, I gotta pee. I'll, you know, yeah. Like I gotta pee, and I've needed to pee for a little for a bit, bit, yeah. But I've but I want to hang out, and so mm-hmm. yeah, like I can hold it a little bit longer. Yeah, like if I wanna, if if in the future I really want to hang out, but I have to pee, should I wear a diaper? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tested, no. Yep, myth busted. So, 90% of bladder. About how much of that 90% do you feel like the diaper, the diaper was hold. able to hold before it before began it leaking? leaking? Dude, probably like 10%. Not much at all. Oh, wow. So yeah, you like, like just started going and you yeah. were like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Well, and it Do was you like, feel like you stopped it in time or was it no. like... No, it definitely got how onto much, the diaper mat that... The changing mat. Um, it was. How big's the changing mat? Was it, there it was risk like, of it running off onto your carpet? Yes, that's why I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to, I was going to title this episode. Christian has a baby, and oh now I gosh. wanted to title it "Christian peas in a diaper." <laughs> Christian peas into a diaper. Yeah. Now you know. Now you know. I think it's just for like old people leakage, but so they're made for leakage, not not full blown going to the bathroom in. N- not for waiting in line at the Apple Store. <laughs> exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Not waiting for your Genius Bar appointment. Um. Yeah. So just had to share that. Okay. So we have some pretty huge installments, um, with the two of us. Uh separately but they're in line with like pursuit of dreams and stuff like that mm-hmm. want to talk about yours i mean pursuit of dreams is might be a strong word or something like that so i know what we're going to talk about yours what are we talking about for mine? like podcast like you're the podcast oh yeah and, and i guess my videos oh and oh my gosh in your videos yeah oh my gosh yeah oh beautiful okay um i think take your pick i guess did did we talk about the previous basketball video on the previous podcast? I think we podcast? may have. So I'm working on another basketball video, and yeah, I've been working on it off and on for a while now. But I probably have close to 200 hours put into <laughs> into Amazing. this video. Uh, That's so I, crazy. I keep adding more. I've drawn up all of the NBA logos. Oh, cool! Which, which was an idea that that you had to yeah. have, like the the logo on mm-hmm. screen. 
And yeah, it's just from writing it to editing to writing a script and and all of the research that's involved in all of that, and then recording, mm-hmm. ditching the first recording, recording a second recording, mm-hmm. and yeah, everything involved in that. Now I'm editing, and I'm still on my first pass through, but it's like a 25 minute video. Yeah. So, wow. you know, if you if you prorate that out, you know, it's still less than 10 hours a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. And yeah. So it, it takes a long time to to make that and and mm-hmm. I'm having to learn a lot yeah. on the editing and animation mm-hmm. side. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that a lot of the time goes into just like finding your your groove, your flow of the whole process yeah, and you, go faster in the future. And I really like the style of this video so far. I know and, me too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's very like very similar to what I've seen on YouTube, you know, like mm-hmm. minute physics or something like, you know, th- those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Like where drawn it's and stuff. Drawn and animated mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't know if every video I make will be about basketball, but it's a, it's a topic that I, I really enjoy mm-hmm. even, even though with the suns being so bad, I don't really watch that much basketball. Mm-hmm. I just love talking about basketball. Right. It's, 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 it's like a sport that's always in the, you know, in the mind and on the brain. Mm-hmm. This is like a series that you're making, right? Kind you of, started yeah. With the very first video was the basketball history. video. about The history of basketball. Yeah, and it, it was like part one. Mm-hmm. This isn't part two. Oh, right. Because but... part two is still kind of, I don't know, ethereal. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe I don't know how, how to condense everything. I did everything up until the NBA. I don't really know what to do for, like, from the NBA onward. There's just so mm-hmm. much, and I don't know so what to focus on, what to decide to not focus on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's just a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Is it, like, fulfilling? Is it, like, so fun to make this? Yeah, probably exhausting at times. Yeah, no, it is. It is exhausting, and it is fun. But yeah, it's like I know if I sit down at my computer to work on it, and I spend like usually on Mondays, I'll find myself hitting a groove where usually about two o'clock I'll start on it, and I'll finish by like six, and I'll just get I'm going team by team and talking about how each team got its name and ended up in the city where they're at. Mm-hmm. But I know that even though each team is somewhere between 45 seconds and two minutes, over those four hours, I'll probably only knock out two teams. Mm. You oh, know, yeah. Because as I'm a- animating, I think, oh, you know what? you know, a drawing of this would work here. So then I have to go back to my iPad and I have to draw out what I want to use there. Then I have to export it out and I have to import it in. Then I have to animate it. Mm-hmm. And that's for, you know, a three second thing that's yeah. just going to like disappear off screen again. <laughs> and it's, you know, several minutes to just get that on screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's tedious, but it's, it's fun. And it I really like that I get a chance to kind of use a different part of my brain that Mm -hmm. 
I think we both really enjoy using that that creative trying to make something out of nothing mm-hmm. pursuit. Cool. Okay, so that's your YouTube channel. What's your YouTube channel called again? Justin Learns Things. Justin Learns Things. Because it takes me learning a lot of things to make a video. Yeah, I know. Sifting so, through so much information. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just so many things that, you know, I wasn't I wasn't around when the Sacramento Kings were the Rochester Seagrams. Right, so, yeah. So, what like, is, I didn't even know that was a thing at first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Justin learns things. And then the I just started a second podcast with a friend of mine that will also be in the bridal party. His name is also Justin. And that podcast is the Two Justins podcast. Nice. So... Yeah, available wherever podcasts. The two are found. Justins, the two Justins podcast. And do you have like a little like, like, synopsis or or something of like what you guys are covering? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, at, as is the case with a lot of these style of podcasts, it's kind of dictated by, like, the friendship with the person. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about things because that's what we normally talk about. Mm-hmm. And so we have a very uh, defined, undefined, defined topic list. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to mm-hmm. bridge off into something that we don't normally talk about mm-hmm. because we're just, it's just us talking. Right. And so uh, we're trying to add some some things like we're going to, recap and discuss an episode of Seinfeld every episode. Nice. So that's awesome. Uh we both have always really liked Seinfeld and we make Seinfeld references a lot at work. We work together and uh so we decided let's have a short like 15 minute segment every episode where we're talking about Seinfeld. So stuff like that. We talk about soccer a lot. So we'll probably talk about soccer a lot on the podcast, and then we're just going to do random topics. Like each one of us is going to bring, you know, up to three random things. And the example I used on the episode was LaCroix. And I just said, what's your opinion on LaCroix? And it's just, boom, open mic. Love it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it that LaCroix conversation transitioned into beer and, a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So I think that that kind of becomes part of, you know, the podcast nice. discussion. It's just cool. a, a bouncing off point for two people to talk about things. Nice. Cool. Heck yeah. Check it out. Two Justin's podcast. Um, another, an installment of an, of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's start with your creative projects and then move yes. into. Yes where we were tonight. Mhm. So, um since having since since the pregnancy, honestly, I realized so Haley's going to stop working and I need to make extra income. So, I uh I had I had the idea presented to me um before Haley was pregnant uh to like gig at, you know, like mm-hmm. play acoustic guitar and sing at uh bars and restaurants. Um but, like, there wasn't really a sense of urgency to it when it was presented to me. I was like, cool, yeah, I love that idea. Because, uh, you know, a friend had, had um, recommended that to me because he does it. Um, so I just 
uh, kept that, you know, I, I think I was still like, rec- like I was still like thinking about it. But once the pregnancy happened, I was like, I need to start taking this seriously. So, you know, cause it's a way to make, it's a way to make money. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, got a list together. I was told to put together a list of 20 songs at least for these three hours, which ended up being 20 songs ends up being on the short end. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you could, you can get away with like repeating songs or whatever. So I ended up adding, adding more to that list. So I got, I got a list together. I started memorizing my songs. Um, and then, uh, so I, I viewed this summer as an opportunity because I get paid hourly. I work at a school, but I'm not salary. I'm a teacher's assistant. For those of you listening, Justin knows that, obviously. Um, but since I get paid, paid hourly, I won't get paid for the summer. So I thought, perfect. The summer will be my chance to just embark on this dream of you know marketing myself and stuff like that. But, dude, it's been so crazy. Like, I feel like having, having this baby and, like, um, leading up to, honestly, like, in, even during the pregnancy, um, I was, like, I took it as an invitation, kind of, to just like start pursuing my dream. My dream yeah. is to make music. Yeah. For a living. Yeah. Um and so uh that just really got the ball rolling. And so like toward the toward the end of the school year, I got business cards made up and I got I made an Instagram, a professional Instagram for my music mm-hmm. um on which I post uh like covers of songs that basically the content that I'll be performing you know, as part of my regular gig. Yeah. Plug your, your Instagram. Oh, my Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram is Christian Hall songs. Um, and I now, you know, I'm, I'm active on it. I'm posting videos. I have quite a few, uh, the end there videos to my YouTube page, which is also Christian Hall songs, which for some reason is impossible. It's so hard to like find. You just have to like, basically like type in a butt ton of keywords Mm -hmm. in order to find me. Um, but uh, I think that will change as you keep uploading. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, like I'll move to the top of the page, but um, or top of the search. But I uh, have, you know, like if you're trying to search me on YouTube, like type Christian Hall songs, um, Wrecking Ball, one word Wrecking Ball, and then Wrecking Ball, or you know, or like Ride by Twenty One Pilots or something like that, because I've covered a bunch, um, and uh, there's way more to come. But yeah, I just have been like really. Uh, taking off in like a really short amount of time on this adventure mm-hmm. of making music. And it's been amazing. I am so fulfilled. I find, I find like my energy and my disposition and my emotions are just like, I'm, I just feel like my identity is like becoming more concrete, mm-hmm. you know, like that, which just seems like the, the like natural progression of um, like when you're pursuing your dream you just, your health, your, your overall health, um, goes up. I mean, it's, it's in this case, you know, like I, I honestly needed the, the pregnancy to have, you know, like I needed Mm -hmm. this whole course of, of, of progression of like having a baby and everything like that to kind of like light the fire under me. But, um, but it's been amazing. What is it, uh, about having Georgia that you think really lights that fire? Yeah. Like a sense of, um, not only like a sense of urgency to make money, but just like it's made me think like like it's now or never. I gotta I really have to mm-hmm. like this is a thing that I really love and I really wanna do and I've talked about it for a long time, but like what better time to do it than now? And I've written originals 
and mm-hmm. I'm excited to write an EP and have that come out. And, you know, yes. like, I'm so excited for the future. Um, so I had my first gig. So, okay, so with the business cards thing, like, I really dove in headfirst. I have to share, like, my, my, first, uh, my first time going into a bar cold and giving them my business card, promoting myself. It was so crazy. I feel so bad because I feel like that place was a really good opportunity. But I went in. I had my business cards made. They have my name, my phone number, my email address, which is my professional email address. It's uh, christianhallsongs at gmail.com, by the way. Um, and, and it also has my Instagram on, on my business card. Um, and like for my YouTube stuff, my Instagram will just link to that. Um, but I went into my first place and I like had, had a little spiel, like a tiny, tiny little like nugget of like what I was going to say, like kind of rehearsed in my head. Mm-hmm. And it was just so, so awkward. <laughs> went into my first little bar and I was like, hi, I'm Christian Hall. Uh, I'd like to play music. It was just, I can't even do it again because I've got Christian Hall of Christian Hall songs. And I would <laughs> yeah. like to play music here. Yeah. I, I was, it was like clunky. The bartender was just like, these were bars that you were going to, that you knew already did live. music. Yeah. Either, right? I either knew that they did live music or figured that like, you know, like why not just go in if like there's a yeah. potential, you know? Cause like who, like what bar doesn't want to have live music, live music really like, spikes the energy of the place and everything like that so like Mm -hmm. why not just be like if i was the first guy to go in and really offer my talents like why not be you know like yeah just take advantage um but that first place was super awkward but since then i've gone to like like probably like 30 places or something like that just like giving my business card and promoting myself and so okay my first my first gig um they called me and uh it was a it was a dive bar. So, so cool to be able to play there. Um, and I played last Friday and brought, I didn't have to bring much, but I, I, I have invested a lot in this. You, in you came prepared this business. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was concerned when we were having troubles with like, like I was like looking, I was like, Oh no, like they don't have any XLRs. You're like, Oh, I got them. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've bought like a PA system. I have a mm-hmm. ton of cables. I, have my microphone and everything. I'm actually recording right this on my new microphone, mm-hmm. which is a dynamic microphone. It's not traditionally used for podcasts. Usually people are using something similar to what you have, which is a Blue Yeti. But um, I, th- just, I think you'd find a lot of people using, yeah, using I know. something like that. I actually as well. watched a YouTube video of uh, of like of a podcast being recorded mm-hmm. and they were using something like this. So like, yeah, the, the Blue Yeti is nice because it's like its own interface as well. Um, that's right it plugs right into the computer yeah yeah but uh really uh for like even if you look on blue's website there are other microphones all of them are xlr microphones that you plug into an interface yeah especially their higher end the higher Mm -hmm. end stuff like none of it is uh you know digital right out of the microphone Mm -hmm. it's it's all analog through an interface i see yeah this is like probably their starter like, yeah, this is like the build as the all-in-one, plug it into your Mac and you remember For podcasters. Yep. Yeah. And it's nice because it's got a few different, it, you know, there's like five oh, microphones I in love, it. Yeah, I love the settings. You got like cardioid, you got omnidirectional, you got interview style. I see another one that's like overlapping circles. Uh, stereo. Stereo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Love it. But yeah, got a butt ton of, of, of equipment. And um, my first gig went went super well. Had my songs, had my set list prepared. Mm-hmm. It is so fun. It's a very fun, very fulfilling mm-hmm. doing this. And it turned out to be like way less scary than I thought it would be. And so I had my... That's good. Were you nervous? Yes. Yeah. I was very nervous. I was trying to read you on last Friday. Yeah, I was very nervous going in. But when, when it came down to the wire, when, it, when I got in there, it was a very low traffic bar, as you saw. Dude, I am so thankful for you showing up with me to help me set up everything. I am, that is so priceless. That will always be a fond thought and memory. I love you. I love you too, man. Yeah, I, I, wanted, I wanted it to be abundantly clear, like... Like I am so stoked for you, like I I am here for you, like whatever you need from me to help you, because I want this to happen for you as much as you do. Like I'm I'm so stoked that like you're pursuing this and just throwing everything into it. Thank you. Yeah, it just it, you being there made made the whole experience abundantly more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then so just it being a low traffic place um, plus you mm-hmm. made it super comfortable, um, way lower expectations than I thought. And, mm-hmm. and that, that level of expectations translates to every bar. It's not just, um, it's not just like, like, oh, this place, I can get away with anything. It's true. Like, I can, oh, like, not that I can just get away with anything anywhere, but like I was holding myself to a huge standard, which is probably good. But yeah, um, it's just just having the having the comfortability of that first gig was truly helpful. And so did it kind of yeah. feel like like because it is your first gig, even though to toot your own horn, like you've been singing in front of people for like a decade now. Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> dude, it's like, crazy. like you've done this. Yeah. Forever. You went to school for it. Like, yeah. So like the. So yeah. even though you are tremendously talented and like well equipped and, and prepared to be able to do something like this, because it is a new environment, did it feel like you're gonna show up and start playing and some guy in the corner is gonna be like, Boo, Boo you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny how the how like although I have been, you know, prepared singing in church and stuff, singing, playing, leading in church. For so long. And musicals. And musicals. Oh, my gosh. Like, just performing in front of people with your voice for an extended period of time in your life. Yeah. It's it's so funny. Like, I always... um, I always consider myself, like, way less experienced than than I actually am, than I actually turn out to be. Yeah. Like, it's... I, I hope to maintain that humility... Yeah. Going forward, because um, I just I really like I don't think I'm I which I I really do have a lot to learn on guitar uh, and my voice can always improve. That's my main instrument, my voice. Totally. Um, But like I still do feel so much that like lessons, I would so benefit from lessons more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. I did take lessons in high school, but I could always use more. But yeah, I felt like although I had that that training and preparation playing in church for so long 
I, I thought of like playing in, in like secular music in a, in a secular environment, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word very much, but yeah, but the, but you know, it, it's true. Um, playing, you know, in, in a bar would have like a totally different connotation and different expectations and stuff, but it turns out people are people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I'm still, I'm still like wowing this old guy at the bar who just turns around and screams like positive profanities <laughs> at me thinking like I'm the best thing he's heard. I'm like the highlight of his week, mm-hmm. you know? Or, or like the, the drunk guy that was sitting next to me that when he started pay, uh, playing the Bieber song, oh, yeah. he turned to me and said, I hate Justin Bieber. I was like, oh, no. And then he turned back around and said, but I love this song. And I then know. he like sang along with it the whole time. When you told me that, that was so, so funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, like, and then I like, after, after getting my first gig, I texted that guy who Micah, I love him. He, he, uh, he's the one who, who encouraged me to gig in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, who I mentioned earlier, but not by name. Um, I texted him immediately and said, I got my first gig. And he was like, awesome, dude. Cool. Great. Good for you. Um, and then like two days later he said like, do you want to play, do you want to play my usual gig? Um, next Friday. And so like I had two Fridays in a row. Today is a Friday. Yeah. And today is when I played. Um, my second gig mm-hmm. and it was amazing. It was with a, with a drummer who I know and love also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was such a comfortable experience and I'm just, I'm just filled to the brim. I'm, I'm feeling so good. I feel like I'm carrying myself differently now, just like my level of health. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like we've talked about the Enneagram before in our podcast. Um, not in too much detail, I don't think. We've talked about, like, personality ty- types. That yeah. was, like, one of our episodes. Yep. Um, but as far as, like, with the Enneagram being... It, the Enneagram, oh, my gosh. Like, I know that's just a huge bomb to drop if you're, if you're just listening for the first time or, or haven't been with us for a long time. Um, but it's, it's one, of those, one of those personality type assessments kind of things. But... Um, one of the elements of it is um, um, not only like do you get classified as a as a personality or whatever or you know there's like nine types so like I'm I'm for example type four um, and like not only do you get classified on the wheel of like one to one to nine but also the each individual level has their own um, levels of health that goes mm-hmm. from one to nine also um, one actually being the healthiest nine being the um, the least healthy, um, and uh, for for a four, the healthiest when you're at your healthiest, the number one thing, which I I don't even think I'm at yet, mm-hmm. which I just want to be whatever, um, is the healthy at the healthiest you're like creating and you're you're constantly um, just like living out your dream basically mm-hmm. like through creation. Uh, creation is a huge part of it, and that's like the next step for me. But I feel like I'm just getting closer to that with yeah. like pursuing and um, you know accomplishing little by little my dream. So I feel like my health is high, even though my exhaustion level is pretty through the roof. Also, mm-hmm. you know, with the baby, yeah, it's just life is pretty good. Life is pretty fun right now. Still, I mean, it's not just 
still sounds weirdly like, despite the baby, I'm mm-hmm. so on cloud nine being a dad. Yeah. She is abundantly precious. I have not stopped thinking about her since I've been here. But yeah, just dreams, dreams, dreams. That's all I got to say. That's awesome. And like the reality is this, this can be something that opens the door to you being able to spend more time with right. Georgia. Right. Like My long, dream, yeah. long term, this becomes your career right. and your hours are set by you. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out because that is my, that is my dream to be able to no longer work a nine to five and be able to, um, have like, you know, a gig a night or something like that. Or just like, you know, these like high paying things like a few times a week that Mm -hmm. really give me a lot more time with Georgia. And that's like, that is a huge, huge like goal for me. That's awesome, man. Dude, what are like, what's your dream? I know we haven't like, we've talked a lot about like what you're doing and like what you, what you like enjoy and your interests and everything like that. But like dream. It's hard. I feel like I've had a hard time in my adult life nailing down what my dream would be. Totally understandable. So I think, I think I would really enjoy doing something long-term that gives me the freedom to do stuff like travel and the freedom to do stuff like help Katie pursue her dreams uh, mm-hmm. she, she has a dream of running a ch- children's theater, oh, which would be awesome. I'd love to help make that happen and help run it with her. Um, and she obviously knows a lot more about that than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but something that, that would, would help her accomplish th- those goals. Um, that's beautiful and give us, you know, the freedom to, to, you know, do stuff in life. Uh, I, I love my job where I am now. Uh, production lead, production lead. You're doing everything from sound to lights to everything and volunteers and everything. Exactly. And, and I have a lot of creative outlet through that, which is nice. Uh, Oh yeah. You design, you're, you're designing the light show and everything. Yeah. Every week. I just being, just being able to watch you sit in on your creative process has been awesome. But yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I don't know. I'd really like, uh, something like my YouTube videos that I enjoy doing on the side. I've done a bad job of really pursuing that, uh, and dedicating the necessary time to pursue that. I, I think that's something that I should be doing, you know, an hour every day to really, mm-hmm. to because I would already be done with the video by now mm-hmm. if I had done that instead of, you know, four hours once every 10 days, uh, you know, an hour a day, uh, I think would really help push the needle, move the needle. Because, you know, while I have a pretty good amount of experience in, taking raw footage and editing it down into some sort of story. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of experience in, in doing the type of videos that I'm trying to do or 
uh, experience in creating the final product in, Mm -hmm. in like taking something and making it feel professionally done. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the areas that, that in video making that I really need to grow and learn more about. And, uh, I I think that's part of the reason why I don't do it as quickly as I'd like to is because I feel like I need to learn more. Mm-hmm. But I know that the reality of the situation is the only way that I'm going to know more is to do it mm-hmm. more and more. You know, if I was cranking out a video every week or every two weeks, I'd be miles ahead of where I am now, even though like this video I'm working on would be worse than it's going to be because I'm taking so much mm-hmm. time on it. Oh, so it feels like it's a little bit of a balancing act of trying to make it better versus just getting it done quickly and moving on to the next project. Mm-hmm. Cause it feels like, you know, once it's done, it's done and I can't do much more about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I think I think videos um really when I look at how I spend my time uh as an indication of things outside of work which, which again I I love my job but outside of work the things I spend most of my time with is obviously with like friends and family uh relationships but also listening to podcasts and watching uh, different YouTube creators. You know, I love mm-hmm. the quality of content on the educational YouTube space. There's just so many mm-hmm. good YouTube creators making yeah. more engaging, more thought provoking, higher quality content than like almost anything on television. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And honestly, it, that, yes, it, not almost, yes. Yeah, it, it feels like it's like not even close. If I had an evening where I could sit down and watch, you know, the new sitcom from Fox, or I could sit down and watch a new video from CGP Grey, from Smarter Every Day, from, uh, you know, Brady Heron and Number like file. the Number File channel, yeah. or um, Casey yeah. Neistat. Is and he doing cool stuff? What's he doing? Do you not know Casey Neistat? I do know him, but I I actually saw a saw a like meme or something of like he's not the same as as he used to be. Mm. I don't know. I think his his stuff is just incredibly good creative content. Uh, it's more vlog style, but oh yeah, and, and and that's what he did for a number of years to really blow up his popularity was you know he was doing a vlog like every day um but you can even see and and i can get get you the videos like his old he did an hbo show in the early early 2000s and it's the exact same style of video as what he does today wow he's really creative yeah very creative what i have seen and and i think he also does very thought-provoking content too like you know, he, he shows you interesting things, but he's also like right now he's trying to build a business, you know, and, and you get kind of an inside look into the business that he's building. What what business is that? Uh, he's calling it three, six, eight. That's like the address of the building that they're at. Um, they're on 
I think in it's New York, on, right? On, Isn't he in New York? Yeah, it's like on Broadway, I think. Okay. In New York, and they're building a business of, uh, basically, I don't even know the best way to describe it. Uh, almost like a think tank of for YouTubers, like a or for creators, like a place that people Venture capitalism. Can... Is it like no? In that realm? It's more of it seems to be more of a place where creators can come to create. Mm. Like they'll have dedicated space to for podcasting and dedicated space for making videos and editing bays and a place oh, that cool. people can come to to make the things. How does he make money from that? I don't know. I have no idea what his business model is. He hasn't really described that part of it yet. Mm. But it's really interesting to see him um, building something and also just trying to create a space for creative people to come together and make things. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I find that really interesting. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, So, you know, that's where I spend a lot of my entertainment time. And it's, it's really between YouTube videos and podcasts, like that is by far and away the entertainment medium that is most satisfying and fulfilling for me. Like Mm -hmm. being able to listen to a two hour podcast, you know, every week from people that I really admire what Mm -hmm. they make and what they do uh is way more interesting to me than just about anything in right you know tv and movies and i love good tv and movies and there are really good tv and movies out there but yeah it just uh, i think i would like to be able to find a niche Mm -hmm. in that space Mm -hmm. and and generate some sort of income off of it you know, whether it's supplemental and it's something that I just do on the side as I do now in a more structured way, mm-hmm. or if it's something that eventually, you know, became my main career focus and allowed me to do the things like uh, spend time with Katie, help Katie pursue her stuff, mm-hmm. and allow us the space in time uh, to take long vacations and go travel and explore. Yeah. Cause travel has been something that ever since I was in high school and this is going to become a sad conversation. I don't know if, if you've seen, tw- I guess you don't tweet or you don't use Twitter. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain. Oh yeah. Uh, was found, uh, dead last night, uh, committed suicide. <clears throat> And that's kind of set heavy with me all day because I feel like the a lot of the reason in my life that I am so desirous of traveling uh, is because mm-hmm. of him, you know, in his mm-hmm. in his shows. And I think that started in high school with me, and it's continued right up until this morning. Yeah, and. <clears throat> And, it, and I think, be, like, the the brilliance of his shows, one is in the writing. You know, he, he's known as a celebrity chef, but he even says said himself that, you know, he, he's, he's not 
amongst the greatest chefs in the world by any means. Mm. You know, he's he he was a chef, but he made his living because of his ability to write. And I see, yeah. And his his book it might be on the bookshelf over there. Uh, Kitchen Confidential. Um, I read for the first time when I was traveling Europe, and uh, that that was just super engaging. To prepare for the travel to Europe, I rewatched every episode of his TV show, mm-hmm. and I took notes no on the episodes. Yeah, not from the No Reservations. I think that was a little bit before, right as his CNN show was starting. Mm-hmm. Right when he like got kicked off of A and E or whatever that was travel travel channel travel channel. Yeah, oh, yeah. but in traveling. You know, his goal was always to show how much people are just people. Mm-hmm. And the, He's fearless. And the more I've traveled, the more, the more I've gotten to see that firsthand is that like so much of what we think makes us different is actually us functioning from the same place. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I remember one episode a few years ago where he was in, I think in Texas and, you know, they were doing like a barbecue and shooting guns and stuff. And, and he's like, I'm a liberal from New York, but, Mm -hmm. but I get these people. Like I understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. And, and he, he was always very outspoken as somebody with a liberal voice and liberal platform of like, Hey, we're just as culpable for the situation we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Because we treat people that view things differently from us the way the people that we're trying to condemn view people that are different from them. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, as long as we think of people with different views as the other and try to hold them at arm's length, mm-hmm. you know, we're destroying our own humanity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, so I just, I've always really loved the way that his travel brought to light that we're all human, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, you really taught me like something that I, I, that really sunk in for me that you taught me, um, was that, um, the complexity of humans, mm. um, and, and, uh, I don't know. I think you just, like that's uh, it sounds like the source of where that came from or one of the sources. yeah one of definitely one of the big that's a huge thing that you taught me like something like i you know like that was a thing you know like when you like learn something and it's like kind of like reading reading a really really insightful book mm-hmm. and it's like you're reading it and you're like i know that i know that i know that mm-hmm. as you're reading it but it's like it had never been brought to light right until, words like, have never been put to it before and you're right. like exactly ah, it makes so much sense yes and like that was what what happened when you said like people are so complex and i think it actually spurred from talking about personality uh assessments mm-hmm. but like it's so true people are so so complex Mm-hmm. And, and like when it comes, especially when it comes to like bridging the gap between your worldview and their worldview, that's su- such a, a priceless like thing to keep in mind that people are super complex and there's, they can't be defined by a, a book or a, or, a, or a test or anything like that. And I, I really think the way that we're both able to approach something 
like Anthony Bourdain's shows and walk away with this type of experience, which isn't unique. Uh, all day on Twitter, I've read about people that were saying the same type of thing, how, you know, every week they, you know, as a family traveled with Anthony Bourdain and learned more about, you know, the plight of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the, one of the pillars of our friendship is that when it comes to something like a travel show on the travel channel, Mm -hmm. neither of us approach that with a mindset of, Oh, this is just fun. Right. Yeah, totally. Like, I feel like the world is a better place when content, when movies, film, books are being made to present views and to discuss topics and when people actually engage with that. Mm-hmm. Because, Take it to heart. Yeah, it's very easy to just passively watch an episode of No Reservations and enjoy it for what it is. But I think we all do ourselves a disservice if, you know, no matter what we're engaging with, if we're not analyzing it and using it as a mirror to reflect our own experiences and try to understand ourselves better through it. And it doesn't matter if it's a fiction book, if it's a nonfiction book, a biography, an account of somebody else's experience, a journalistic article. I I think uh, something that has always drawn us really closely is when we walk out of a movie, like... Who am I? (laughs) Yeah, something something deeply gets internalized from that movie, from almost any movie. I know. That you you can sit and dwell on and think, what is this movie trying to say? What does that say about me? Is there is there something, you know, that I view that this maybe changes my perspective on? And True I think that. that can be really powerful. And I think, I think people can sometimes be afraid to engage with stuff on that level. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think it's very helpful for the human experience to to do so um and yeah so i i just think that that is something that in the way that anthony bourdain wrote and presented he did such a good job of encouraging you to engage with him on a topic and to learn about people in lebanon people in vietnam people in iraq you know people in south america people all over Europe, and while it's fun to see him go to cool places and eat cool things, it was all about you realizing, oh, the people in the Philippines, you know, playing music in a bar, they've got the same dreams as us here mm-hmm. playing in a bar. Like, yeah. that's they have the same dreams as you. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, we, we're all so closely connected. 